Praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans Bible study. This is part 21 of Romans chapter 6. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. And I encourage you, if you've missed any of these teachings, if you're just now getting on board, uh, go to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. Avail yourself to all the teaching that is there. Not only is this Romans teaching that we're presently doing on Monday mornings and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, not only are they on the YouTube channel, but they're also on the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com. And there you'll find a donate button to be a blessing to this ministry to sow into that good ground that God is using uh, to bring many good things into your life through uh, the teaching of His Word in its proper context. And I'm so thankful for this opportunity to share His Word with you. Again, the website is thecrosswaychurch.com. Uh, the YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And uh, all of our worship services are on the YouTube channel. The preaching messages uh, and Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time in the studio next door uh, we're teaching on righteousness. Every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time, we're there live on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page, but that also is uploaded to the YouTube channel and the website. So please avail yourself to, to that those places so that you can learn God's Word as it is written. This is kindergarten. This is elementary. As God, God desires His Word be plain to us. And, and Proverbs chapter 8 verses 6 through 9 tells us that His Word will be plain for those who have understanding, those who understand what the Scriptures are about. And Jesus said the Scriptures are about Him. Praise God in John, John 5 39. Don't forget about the <coughs> several of the CD sets that we have. Every uh, one of these teachings, I put different ones out. They're $25 each. Unless you buy three, then you can get three for 60 And don't forget about the little $15 book. For all God's works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4. Such a great, great bright light from God's Word. Jesus is the truth, and only what He did at Calvary makes Him our daily truth, initial and daily truth. So therefore, the truth is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And God says He only works in the truth. That means also that He does not work outside of truth. Powerful little 62-page booklet will bless you tremendously. Again, you can donate on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Tell us what you want. Make sure your address is in there, and we'll get it to you very quickly. So today, we're in Romans chapter 6. Again, this is part 21, and we're in verse 17. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to back up and dig off from where we've been. You're going to have to go back and listen on your own. They're all there for you to hear and take notes and study. And I'm going to tell you, this is just like being in Bible college. This is just like being in a classroom. Get your Bibles, your paper, your pencils, take notes. And uh, the, the, listen, I don't give exams. The Holy Spirit gives the exams with life experiences. Amen. Praise God for that. Verse 17, Romans chapter 6, But God be thanked. Now we need to stop right there and talk about that. Not man be thanked, not denomination be thanked, not 
anything be thanked, but God be thanked. Thanked for what? Well, let's continue to read. That we were the servants of the sin nature. And remember what we've been learning in Romans chapter 6 is that the word sin is in this 6th chapter 16 times. And if you're tired of hearing this, the question is, can you go tell this? If you can't go tell this, then you, you, you listen, you hadn't heard it enough. You hadn't heard it enough. You'll never hear it enough. But you need to be out there sharing this. The word sin is used 16 times in the 6th chapter of Romans. Only one time in verse 15 is it used as the verb speaking of us committing an act of sin. <coughs> the other 15 times it speaks, it's used as the noun and refers to the sin nature, the old man, that person we were before we were born again. We were the old man. We were the sin nature. We were bound. Ephesians 5 says we were the darkness. We were the servants. Here it tells us in verse 17 that we were the servants, of, and that word means slaves, of the sin nature. Listen, it's the noun. It's not the verb. It's hamartia. It's, it's the, it's the uh, Strong's number G266. Go check it out for your own self. It's speaking of the sin nature. You and I were born into this life as a slave. Know this and know this good. You are a slave at all times. You are a servant, and the word means slave. You are a slave to someone at all times. You and I are born into this life slaves dominated by and slaves to the sin nature the person we were. We can't do a good deed. We can't please God. We can't go to heaven. The old man cannot do any of those things. He must be put to death. <coughs> that's, that's the part of you that must die so that you can be born again. The old man, the sin nature, is in Adam. <clears throat> we all died. That means we all became dead in our sins, separated from God. And when you and I are born into this life, before we ever commit our first sin, which we do because we are sinners, we have a sin nature, and we are dominated by the sin nature. You've heard the example given. Put, put a couple of two-year-olds two in a playpen, throw a rubber ducky in there, and they're going to fight over it. Throw two rubber, th throw a rubber ducky and a rubber chicken in there, and they're, at some point, one of those kids is going to think they deserve both of those toys because they have a sin nature. They are lost. They're separated from God. They're dominated by the sin nature. They cannot do a good work in the eyes of God. As a lost person, if we open up a food pantry and feed all the poor people, if we build a big house and, and house all the homeless, as a lost person being dominated by the sin nature, and you are if you're lost, you're dominated by the sin nature, none of those works are good in the eyes of God because a corrupt tree cannot bring forth anything but corrupt fruit. You need to know that. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, you must be born again. 
If you're not, you cannot enter the kingdom. Listen, you can't even see it. You don't know anything about it until you're born again. And born again means just accepting from the heart, believing with the heart unto righteousness, which means the righteous work Jesus did for you at Calvary through humbly and obediently laying his life down to pay the price for our sins, to put the sin nature to death. Go back, listen to the previous teachings, you'll see that Jesus died unto the sin nature. He didn't have one. He wasn't born of a man like we are. He was born of a virgin by the power of the Holy Spirit. Anybody that says Jesus was not born of a virgin, if they believe that, they cannot be saved. Because if Jesus was not born of a virgin, that means he was born like we were, and that means he was really a sinner. And a sinner can't save a sinner. It took a spotless lamb uh, without sin, a sinless sacrifice. You better hear me today. It took a sinless, perfect sacrifice to pay the price for our sins, and that's what Jesus was. He didn't have a sin nature, but the Bible says he died unto the sin nature. Let's back up. We'll see it right here in verse 10. For in that he died, he died once. He died unto sin. That's the noun. He died unto the sin nature once. That means he represented us at Calvary. He represented us at Calvary. That's why the Apostle Paul in Galatians 2.20 could say, I'm crucified with Christ. Because when God saw His Son dying for your sins, to forgive you of your sins and to deliver you from the sin nature by putting that thing to death, He also saw you dying with Christ. Hallelujah. See, that's good news. I was crucified with Christ. So think about this in verse 17. <coughs> God be thanked that you were the slaves of the sin nature, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Delivered you means it was accepted by you. There's not really a delivery until it's accepted. You know, the FedEx man, he won't leave the package unless you sign for it. A good one, that is. The one who's doing his job by the correct procedure and rule. It's not delivered until the recipient gets it. I've got it. It is sent, but deliver, being delivered means I've received it. And, the, and, and it proves it right here. It says... You were the slaves of the sin nature, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. The proof it was delivered you that you signed for it is that you obeyed it. You see, this is one of the most profound and paramount scriptures in Romans chapter 6. Because God considers your, your believing from the heart in the work of Christ at Calvary for your sins. God, listen carefully. God calls your believing in Christ in what He did at Calvary, you're being obedient. You becoming obedient. Not when you went to church. Not when you got water baptized. Not when you started reading your Bible. Not when you started giving tithes and offerings. You became obedient 
not by what you did, but by placing faith in what Christ did for you and his obedience, just like his righteousness and everything he is and has was referred and imputed upon you. See, it's not about your obedience. It's about his obedience. That's why when the Bible says we were justified by faith of Jesus Christ, it means we were justified by what he did by faith. He obeyed unto death, even the death on the cross. And when we believe with our heart unto that righteous work, God says, you're obedient. Before you go do any work, biblically, that we are called, there are many works that we are called to work in, to walk in rather, but none can save, none can deliver. Jesus did all that, Hebrews 1 and 3, when he had purged us from our sins, here it comes, by himself. You can't help God with the salvation of God for you. All your job and your portion is, is to believe. To believe. Yes, again, there are many works. We are God's workmanship. Ephesians 2 and 10 tells us that we are God's workmanship and that he created us in Christ. Let's look at this, that scripture this morning. It's pretty powerful and we need to see it. Ephesians 2.10, watch this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. But the good works, notice where they are. They're in Christ Jesus, which speaks of us first we have to be in Christ Jesus before we can experience the good works. Watch this, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. That's not an option, that we should be walking in the works, hear me, that are in Christ Jesus. Works don't get you in Christ Jesus. The works begin after you're in Christ Jesus. In Romans 6 and 3, this very chapter that we're studying, Romans 6 and 3 says, Don't you know that so many of us as we're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his death. Our faith in Jesus and what he did at Calvary is what in the mind and the plan of God allowed God to even choose us. Ephesians 1, 4 says he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. That means before the foundation of the world, the Bible says that God had already, the lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world. That means in God's plan of man and man's redemption, God already had it all figured out. He, he knew that when he created man in his image, man would reject and revolt against him and not want anything to do with him and run from him when he approached him and that God, that God knew that he would have to save us because he loved us. He knew he would have to redeem us and he knew it would be through the offering of his son and he knew all of those who would accept that by faith, not those he would just write down and, and, and say, well, I want them and I don't want them and, and all that false teaching about predestination that's so false. Let me tell you something. Anybody you hear teaching that Jesus didn't really die for all men, let me, let, let's just throw that out on the table this morning and look at that in the kindergarten and plain way that we're called to see the scriptures if we understand the scriptures. And listen, we do. We might not know everything, but we understand a few things because the Holy Spirit has revealed a few things in the avenue of truth. Every, the, these preachers and these 
so-called theologians who have these self-reveal, self-revelations. They're not coming from the Holy Spirit that say that Jesus really didn't die for everybody. He only died for those who will believe upon him. Listen to how foolish this is. Those that he didn't die for, they say he didn't die for some. Well, those he didn't die for, when they show up at the great white throne judgment, God will not have a legitimate case to throw them into a lake of fire because they will be able to say, your son didn't die for us. Jesus didn't die for us. We didn't have a chance. See how foolish that is. See how, see how simply foolish that is. Jesus tasted death for all men, Hebrews 2 and 9 says. That's powerful. So, but, but what we're trying to say here today is this. Nobody can do an obedient work unto God except by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why water baptism can't save you. Because if you think as a lost person and undone, you're, you're not saved, you're still in your sins, that you can go as a lost person with the sin nature dominating you and you're lost and you think you can do a work of baptism, you do the work of baptism, that work is not in Christ because you're not in Christ yet. You first have to be into Christ and you're only in Christ through faith in what he did for you at Calvary. Then that faith in him, in what he did for you at the cross, dying for your sins, then that faith places you in Christ. Then water baptism can be classified by God as an obedient act according to the word of God because, listen to why, because you've already become obedient through the faith you have in Christ obedience unto death. Think about how foolish thinking that you can be water baptized as a lost person who cannot do a good deed cannot do a good work because he's a corrupt and evil tree. Therefore, he cannot do anything good in the eyes of God except believe in the one, the only one who is good in the eyes of God. And the only righteous work that's ever been done is the righteous work of Christ. And you might say, well, no, there's righteous works being done today only by those who have their faith in the cross of Christ, the death of Jesus, so the Holy Spirit can carry on the righteous work of Christ. See how foolish thinking that you can be water baptized as a lost man and that save you know you're not in Christ yet. You're not in Christ. If you think water baptism saves you, you're not in Christ yet. Being in Christ is what saves you and the way into Christ is simple childlike faith in that he died in your place for your sins representing who you were as a sinner to God laying his life down so that you could live again. Hallelujah. God be thanked, hallelujah, that I didn't have to work to get it. Jesus did the work. Jesus won the victory. Jesus paid the price and he said it is finished. <coughs> Hallelujah. That's good news, my friend. That'll make you run all around the house shouting glory. Hallelujah. You need, see, see, this is plain to those who will let go of thinking they've got to do something to get in the kingdom. <coughs> and we are not teaching against works. There are many works, but they're only in Christ Jesus. And you can't do the work Anything you're doing today in the name of the Lord, 
without your faith being in the sacrifice of Christ alone, it's not in the name of the Lord. It's not works by the Holy Spirit. It may have a form. It may seem like it's God working. It may seem like, but listen, there is a way that seems so right to man, but the end of that way is death, separation. Think about this. There's only one way that is legitimate and acceptable to God, and His name is Jesus, and that way was the sacrifice. Think about that. God be thanked. God be thanked that we were the slaves of the sin nature. But when we obeyed from the heart, that means we believed unto righteousness from the heart. Romans 10, 10. It's with the heart men believe unto righteousness. Hallelujah. And it's the righteousness of Christ in His work at Calvary. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. It was sent to you, but when you believed it, God stamped you with a heart of obedience the moment you received it and said, Deliver, what, some old song back in the 70s, signed, sealed, and delivered. He sealed you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He sealed you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He signed your name in the Lamb's book of everlasting life. Glory to God. Signed, sealed, and delivered you are from sin, the sin nature and its corruption and its bondages and chains of darkness. Hallelujah. God be thanked. Not a man did it. God did this. It was God in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. Hallelujah. At Calvary, 2 Corinthians 5, 19. You better know that it was God in Christ doing the work on the cross that had to be done for every human being that would ever live. He did the work. I can't do the work. And when I think, okay, 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 the cross, yes, but I also have to, listen to me carefully, the but I also have to eliminate you from any grace that God will offer you. He's offering it, but you can't have it delivered to you without faith being in the cross. The mailman, the FedEx man, the UPS man, he brings a package, and if you're not there to sign for it, now I'm talking about a good one, then he's got to take it back because you weren't there to receive it. Even if he does leave it on the porch, you can sit there and look at that package for 90 days, 90 years, wondering what it is, and it ain't really delivered yet. He just sent it to the house, and it's just sitting on the porch. But when it gets delivered, that means you've got it, you've received it, you've opened it, and you have what was sent to you. Praise be to God. God be thanked. If your faith is in Christ and Him crucified right now, you have been, God has sent and, been, and, and, the, and the truth has been delivered to your heart and he has signed your name in the Lamb's book of life. He sealed you with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And we know what that form of doctrine is because verse 18 reveals what it did. And there's only, look at verse 18, being then, why don't you just say right now, being then, the moment you believed the gospel of Jesus Christ from the heart, it changed your life. Not the moment you said, well, that sounds right. You go, okay, I, you know, that, that's probably right. No, the moment you believed it with the heart, that means, that means 
When you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ with the heart, everything about you changes. Maybe you're listening to me today and you're just a, 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 a really a thinker. And maybe you've accepted the gospel in, in mental terms and just like you've accepted that the World War I and World War II was historical and okay, Jesus did this, Jesus was that. But you've got to take this to heart. You've got to obey it from the heart. That means who you are. not talking about that thing in there pumping your blood. It's talking about who you are in your deepest, most person, who you really are. When you accept this from the heart, you believe this from the heart, that means God classifies you as obedient and when God changes everything about you, gives you a new spirit, gives you a new heart, gives you a sound mind, sets you in a race to run, makes all things new in your life, you see everything different. You begin everything in your life, everything in your life begins to change. My friend, if you've not experienced that, you've never taken this gospel to heart. Maybe you've thought about it and you just can't really find anything wrong with it. So mentally, you're just in agreement with it mentally. But if it hasn't gone into the heart, if you hadn't believed it from the heart of who you are, then you're still on the outside looking in. You're still on the outside looking in and the Lord wants to save you. He wants to deliver you from all that domination of the sin nature that you are being dominated by the sin nature. Listen, folks who are not out there on drugs and being drunk, sleeping with everybody's wife and anything they can get their hands on and out there stealing from the jobs, they think they're upright citizens and they're not doing all that. They've never been divorced and blah, blah, blah. If they've never been born again, the sin nature is dominating them. They are slaves to it, biblically. Listen, here it comes. It gets real ugly now. For every child of God who has been born again and their faith has been moved from the sacrifice of Christ to anything else, the government of 12, the purpose driven, the word of faith, the words I speak, the anything at all I do or they do, anything other than the cross, even the biblical things we're called to do, they are not objects of faith. Christ and his sacrifice is the only object of faith. And when my faith is in that, the Holy Spirit can work in my life. When my faith is not in that alone, the Holy Spirit will not work in my life. Galatians 5, 1 through 4, Galatians 1 and 6, Psalms 33 and 4, Romans 8 and 2, write them down, search it out, you'll find out. When we fall from grace, it doesn't mean we lose our salvation. It means we've taken our faith from the cross. We may stay, we still believe in the cross, but we're also trusting in whatever that is. And when we're trusting in Anything other than the cross alone from our hearts, we're no longer believing under righteousness, but we're telling God from who we really are. We're telling God the cross is not enough. I also need to, that stops the flow of grace. And grace is what God does in our lives. Grace is not floating around just covering our sin till we get to heaven. The Christians who are going around touting that don't know what the Bible says. The Bible says, shall we continue in the sin nature so that grace may abound? God forbid. 
God forbids. We live in sin going around saying, well, God's grace is abounding. God's grace is greater. God's gra and God's grace is greater. But God's grace and, gra and grace abounding is God abounding in your life. And when God's abounding in your life, the fruit of God is abounding in your life. So watch this. When we have received from the heart that form of doctrine, the gospel, the message of the cross, the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Here's what happens, verse 18. Being then made free from the sin nature. It's the noun. Being then made free from the sin nature, we became the servants, the slaves now of righteousness. The slaves, see, we're a slave no matter what. As long as our faith remains in Christ and His work at Calvary, we're a slave of righteousness. That means a servant of righteousness. Now, we, now we've been made servants of righteousness. We're no longer servants or slaves to the sin nature. You need to learn this. You need to know this. You need to go back and listen to uh, 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 last Thursday's uh, broadcast on verse 16, they're all just this good. Every one of them, little half-hour sessions that we need to be following along. We need to have our Bible, our pencil, our paper. We need to be hearing the Holy Spirit. He's always going to point you to Jesus. He's always going to point you to what Jesus did. And through that, He's going to be able to reveal to you what Jesus is offering you today so that He can impart to you the benefits Jesus died for you to be able to have. But it's all centered and focused in Jesus and what he did at Calvary. That's why the Apostle Paul got to the point where he said, listen, everybody hear me, I'm determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified because it is the power of God. I want to thank you for being with us today. I hope you'll be with us every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here Central Time for our Romans Bible study on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. Help others know about this teaching. The church is dying today. The church is in slavery to the sin nature. Point them in the right direction. Send them the link to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And I hope that God will richly pour out upon you this great illumination in His Word. Illumination means the light of His Word. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. He is the light, but the cross, His work at Calvary, is the light switch. I love you. God bless you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified.